Hey everybody, welcome to VG Empire episode 146. This is your host, Brett Elston. Uh, sorry for that long delay, or if you're listening years later, nothing happened. Everything's <laughs> fine. Uh, again, yeah, this is Brett Elston, and I'm joined by my guest. Patrick Kulikowski. And Co-host, I guess. Co- I mean, point. at this point, I made a joke long ago that you were des- destined to inherit the show. I remember that joke. And... That, that was before I moved to San Francisco. That was Francisco. before you moved out here, and I still think that prophecy will come to pass. <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening. All, um, all according to plan. Rub's hands, It finally gingerly. happened. <laughs> uh, you can follow along at VGEmpire.com. Uh, we have many years' worth of episodes at this point. Um, we started back in 2011, believe it or not. Oh, boy. Uh, hard, literally hard to believe at this point. Um, but... This episode's coming in a little later than we would have liked. So at the Way end later. of every yeah, at the end of every year, um, I guess I should remind in case you need to know. This is a game music podcast <laughs> where we cover video game music. Uh, yeah, for everything from the obvious things that you know all the way down to some really bizarre weirdos. Uh, I just really encourage you to go to vgempire.com or check out iTunes or wherever else the show ended up in whatever feeds. Uh, when I was really aggressive about putting it there, um, but yeah. Uh, normally, at the end of a given year, we do a 20-something year in review, 2012-year in review, 2011-year in review. Uh, we did a 2017, and we did not do a 2018 one because we're just all super busy. Um, we, do work, we do work at Capcom in our day jobs, so December, November, anywhere in the games industry, your holiday time frame is super busy. Um, so, unfortunately, we couldn't really get to it. Um, well, if you but, count fiscal years, Japanese hey, fiscal, and, no, and nobody does, <laughs> nobody does. Uh, uh, this this aligns kind of perfectly. Yeah, this is a weird. Yeah, it's actually much more appropriate now. It's the end of the year, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, w- this is a 2018 year in review. It historically has always posted in December of that year, so this is the mm. first time we've like totally missed it, uh, except for a couple years where we just didn't do one at all because. I either forgot or it was just extra bad that year. That was the Timing tropical wise. freeze year, I remember, because you guys did a um, album of the year for twenty fourteen for tropical freeze. But I don't believe there was a wrap up. Maybe not. Uh, I know. I tw- think twenty sixteen. No, we did one in sixteen and fifteen. Is Undertale? I recall. Or maybe it was no. Fifteen, 15. was Undertale album of the year. Oh, yeah, but you did do a wrap up because I recall. You Witcher know, 3. if only there was a website I could go to <laughs> to uh, confirm this. But anyway. <laughs> 2018, uh, even though we are all ready to put it behind us. I got to say, uh, 2018 was a great year for games and an even greater year for game music, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the, here. This is mostly stuff you stacked yeah. uh, for the show. But uh, I, we, we, I, have, we have Google Sheets and Google Sheets of outlines and ideas that yeah. we just throw on and try to make sense of so yeah uh yeah there's a lot to cover here but um i'm excited for it yeah. uh we what, what was coming in was uh what we started off with rather was uh astrobot rescue mission mm-hmm. so i haven't actually played this game um i haven't either i have it i don't have a psvr though this is a ps4 like vr game um but the music was recommended to me by a former coworker, josh shout outs to him uh who was telling me all these things about this game um developed by uh SIE Japan Studios Asobi team mm. uh came out in October 2018 and uh it's this cutesy like robot platforming game and it makes use of the VR in these interesting ways where you're basically the camera mm-hmm. and you control this little astrobot if if you've played uh those like built-in PS4 uh, mini-games that they've included that 
make use of the PlayStation camera. I forget the exact title of it. Uh, the Astrobot character is in those, uh. and they took that character and planted him into his own VR game. And I think it uh, at the Game Awards it won best VR game. I think of 2018. But uh, uh, I've seen some footage of it, and it looks really cool. Basically, your your head is the camera, and you're angling it and peeking around corners as you're navigating in third person. This little cutesy uh, mm. robot. And uh, I've heard a lot of great things. Would love to play it someday. Uh, but the music is what really uh, surprised me. And researching it further, I saw the compo- main composer was Kenneth C.M. Young, who also uh, composed most of Tearaway oh. on the Vita. And yeah, we actually... That explains I, a lot with that cutesiness yeah, and that I, playfulness. Inc- included, it probably was like 2013 year in review. I did yeah. do some Tearaway songs yeah. uh, in whatever year that was. Um, and yeah, it was really nice. Mm-hmm. So... A kind of a cutesy figure, a cutesy character in a kind of challenging game fits this composer, at least. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, same thing. I, I haven't played it, but I heard nothing but just rave reviews of people who did go through it like, oh man, you got to play it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's a system seller level thing where you just really feel, oh, this is VR and traditional gameplay working together in a really clever way and not veering too far in the VR side and, right. and not too far in, like, this is just a game yeah. with a headset. It, it seemed to, like, walk the line really well between the two. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that was just one of the songs. I think that, that uh, and that tune, by the way, was called Tight Mites Crystal Cave. Um, it has a few... <laughs> it's I, not even the only song on this episode going to be called Crystal Cave. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Um, and and these are some squeaky headsets, though, i got to say. Yeah. Yeah, Astrobot is fun. I hope I, you know, get access to a VR unit to check it out sometime. But uh, that that kicked things off. But I figured for the rest of the of the episode, we could go in chronological order of the games uh, we picked a out. Perfectly cromulent approach so, that I've never done somehow. So this is funny because uh, January twenty fifth, twenty eighteen, took us both, uh, uh, gave us both Celeste and Monster Hunter World. Uh, but I figured we'd start off with Celeste. Um, there's been, it's amazing how, how, how great of a critical reception this game has gotten this past year. Uh, not just in the music, but like the game itself, like yeah. hitting lots of like game of the year. I, honestly, I'm I'm in this weird inner battle with myself of picking between like Celeste and Monster Hunter World and like let's say Messenger or. Or bloodstained in terms yeah. of my favorite 2018 game. Um, there was a lot, and and yeah. you know jumping ahead to Monster Hunter a little bit, being present at things like Dice Awards mm-hmm. and uh, the Game Awards. You know Celeste was always there. Yep. Um, right amongst all these gigantic multi-million dollar games, which was really cool. And I I didn't finish Celeste, but I played I think three quarters and mm-hmm. really loved it. It's just my ability to play the Meat Boy style games <laughs> uh, or N Plus or whatever is your equivalent uh but i I mean i bought it and like flight to and from japan just played that almost the whole time it's great portable really enjoyed it and yeah yeah, the music the visual aesthetic the character interactions Mm -hmm. all of it's just really charming and very well done yeah uh for me that game is platforming excellence and like i love that it didn't need this deep thoughtful story but it enhanced it so much Um, yeah plays this protagonist madeline and uh, her her whole like climbing to the top of Celeste Mountain goal in the game is kind of uh, 
correlates with like her anxiety and depression. It gets into very deep territory with that. Uh, I, I guess the whole climb you could say is like this big metaphor for her, her like coming to terms with it or overcoming her struggles. Right. Uh, so th- that was really cool. But like like Super Meat Boy, the platforming is tough as hell. But uh, the fact that you know there's quick respawning. So if you fall, if you fail, uh, it's so much more approachable because you start immediately from that. Like yeah. the beginning of the screen, and yeah, uh, I did like that. Uh, it 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 gives you that sense of like oh, I'll get it this time. So like you're you're n- you don't feel like put down by failing in that game. I feel uh, not re- not as yeah. much as some of the other games can do. Yeah, and you don't. There's usually not long sequences that you're like, well, I got to do that whole thing again. Exactly. There's not. Yeah, like you said, it's basically the screen. The I screen. Feel. Yeah. Once you complete the screen and move on to the next screen, it's that's your checkpoint. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, gets really tricky, but it's very, very satisfying and very tight controls too. But anyway, the music uh, very well lauded throughout 2018. Composed by Lena Rain, uh, she worked on uh, Guild Wars 2 and Hack Mud in the past. Um, and wor- worth mentioning, the developers of this made Towerfall Ascension a few years back. If you've ever played that, so similar aesthetic, that sort of thing. Uh, musically, so here's the funny thing. Um, a lot of people initially uh, compared Celeste to like 8-bit or, oh, this is chiptune. Mm. And Lena, in response, wrote this whole thing. I think it was on Gama Sutra about how you can't call it chiptune. It's not actually chiptune. Right. Uh, but the synthesizers she picked out are sort of in line with that. I can't really put it into words as well as she did in her article, so I do suggest looking that up. Yeah, because my, um, my guess would be things can sound reminiscent of chiptune or inspired right. by that era or whatever but to but it, be legit chiptune you need to be creating it off of the hardware right exactly like you need to be using a game boy to make whereas new music or something whereas right? th- this is purely synthesizer sure. like made f- you know from her own computer and right synthesizer with some whatnot, so. you know modern technology exactly yeah um, so. but but yeah but i think that quote-unquote chiptune style has transcended its era and has mm-hmm. just become that's a sound that you know, it's like, oh, I make classic rock, I'm, or I make orchestral music. But like, no, right. this is the medium by which I create music. It is these synthesizer sounds, colloquially known as uh, chiptunes. <laughs> right, like exactly. It's it's a simplification, but I think yeah, yeah, you get it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I might as well start with our first batch of songs here. Uh, yeah. Picked out first steps, and this is the uh, first level of the game. All I have in the notes are cutesy synths, and that's honestly what I... Th- that's only my impression of it. When yeah. I think of when I started, it was, well, this is delightful. Yeah. It looks... It's just so inviting. Very chipper. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, contrasts with the latter part of the game where things get really heavy and yeah. intense and uh, that sort of thing. So I was going to pick Resurrections, which is the uh, second stage th- theme, but it is nine minutes long, mm. and uh, time is of the essence for us. A little bit. Uh, in life and in podcasts. But um, that one you can check out yourself for sure. The soundtrack's on Bandcamp anyway. Great. Um, I've also picked out Scattered and Lost. And uh, our final song for Celeste is Confronting Myself, which is during this really intense chase sequence that I cannot describe exactly because it's very spoilerific. Mm. But um, I think people will appreciate the vocal uh, elements of it. So Great. Again, we got First Steps, Scattered and Lost, and Confronting Myself.
Oh uh, yeah, all three of those are solid. A mix of chipper and uh, ominous. Yeah, I would say for sure. Yeah, the last one I definitely get. What is it? Confronting myself. Yeah, Based, confronting myself. Uh, yeah, I definitely get. The vocalize the vocalization reminds me of the Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze track, <laughs> and then the background just general instrumentation reminds me of Tekken Tag for some reason. <laughs> so I, my my brain goes in very two very different directions. Yeah, it's very uh, all all of it has this like ice levelness to it, for, yeah, for sure, which makes sense. She's climbing a snowy mountain, yeah, right? and then the middle one, uh, uh, scattered and lost, yeah. is like the haunted library or whatever yeah or a hotel i guess it's a hotel technically i remember playing that part uh, that part's brutal (laughs) on a flight and being like man this is rough it is but Um, definitely good and i yeah i mean both the music and the game itself are super good so mm -hmm. definitely worth getting yeah um i have a quick funny story so magfest happened this past january and lena rain was one of the guests uh during her panel well I, i was asking the the composers in the panel like like what are some moments where like you got inspiration out of something nothing related to music um and lena had mentioned that she got the idea for like celeste's main like theme melody from just simply showering uh, so it's funny how like cool stuff like that can yeah. hit you at any moment essentially. yeah i remember fun stuff like in the digging in the carts red bull documentary about yeah. street fighter about how Shimamura, like, right? The Blanca theme was yes. like something bit just clanging on a train. Uh, a green paper bag or something, something like that. Yeah. A green bag. And, I and think. somehow that led to Blanca's that theme. That led to. <laughs> like yeah. somehow. Yeah. So good. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, but yeah, leading from Celeste, uh, same month in January. Same uh, day. <laughs> same day, yeah. Uh, Monster Hunter World. Yes. Bias much? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it's been a long standing thing with a show of uh, not doing much Capcom stuff. Yeah. Like, and almost everyone who has listened to the show has been like, you're fine. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's like, we know. Like, there's not going to be this obvious bias. We've done seven years worth of shows exactly. with, with so little of it. Um, yeah. And uh, I just want people to hear good game music. So right. uh, and in this case, we actually already did, in a year and a half when I was not here, uh, we did a Monster Hunter episode. With Yuri. Uh, I when, yeah, and right. we had Yuri on uh, over at Laser Time uh, when we were doing that full time. And we covered basically, I, I pretty much won all the way up to where we were at the time, which was Generations. Um, and World hadn't even been announced yet, mm. uh, which was, and now here we are. Uh, so there's a whole prior Monster Hunter episode, but World uh, obviously kicks things up a notch with the complexity and the length and the, the richness of the soundtrack. But mm-hmm. uh, some of these uh, were really impressive. Yeah, I, I dug it a lot. Um one thing I love about the Monster Hunter soundtracks in general and what was refreshing for me to hear in uh, Worlds was just how it's a very classic sounding orchestra and mm-hmm. most of it was recorded by live orchestra anyway for, in uh, Nashville. But like whenever I listen to Monster Hunter music, I think like that classic John Williams feel or even like thinking about like the Act Razor symphonic album, yeah. the Dragon Quest series, that sort of thing. Um, I love that sound, and I feel like you don't hear it that often in uh, in AAA titles. Yeah, these it's days. it's very uh, yeah. The John Williams like we're trying to give you a hook so that when you hear it, you know it's this franchise. Right. It's a combination of those melodies and just the sound of the orchestra. Yes. Too, like the instrument instruments yeah, yeah. used, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but the the that, the main theme, I think, proof of a hero. Yeah. Or, you know, hearing hearing the Monster Hunter World main theme played at the Game Awards uh, right. was just yeah. was incredible that to, was sick. to see it sandwiched between two other amazing games with Spider-Man and Red Dead it, right. was, it was just incredible that was cool. uh, to hear that brought to life but yeah. the three songs you chose 
are all the f- fight themes <laughs> yeah. from when you fight monsters. Uh, it's a really cool dynamic score in that, like, mm-hmm. um, if you're if you're if you're fighting against smaller like monsters like that are not your primary t- targets, you'll you'll hear like this kind of light orchestral mm-hmm. melody playing. But once you uh, find the big mama of of the map, uh, that's when the, like the whole orchestra kicks into high gear and it's yeah. really intense and uh very like heroic sounding like mm-hmm. everything you'd want like out of a boss theme like yeah um the uh the drama and everything so i really dig that and uh monster underworld had a lot of returning um uh composers from previous games um tadayoshi makino who worked on dragon's dogma and monster Hunter three uh, Akihiko Narita, who worked on Monster Hunter 2, as well as DMC4, RE5, and 6. Uh, a newcomer, uh, Jenlan Kang, um, who contributed a couple of tracks. And uh, Yuko Komiyama, who not only did Monster Hunter 3, but she also worked on X, uh, Mega Man X7 and X8. Oh, but wow. um, obviously a very different style uh, very different. Uh, for, for this game. But um, the ones I picked out were uh, Sa- Savage of the Ancient Forest. Uh, that that plays for I I would say for, for all the monsters in that area, uh, in the ancient forest area. Mm. Uh, rulers of the wild spire. The wild spire is the like desert. Um, yeah, where you're gonna fight like uh, Baroth and yeah. Jurotodos and, and uh, Diablos, right? Diablos yeah. is there. Yeah. I think Rathian, Pink Rathian, show up there maybe. Well, mm. the tracks at least. Uh, right. It's been a minute, but yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of creatures roaming there. And I saved my favorite one for the last. Uh, this was a favorite just in the office and. I'm oh, sure yeah. you could vouch too. Uh, Murmurs yeah. from the Land Forbidden. This was like, like I, I heavily enjoyed the previous two themes, but once I heard this one, I'm like, there's synthesizer, like yeah. 70s prog rock synthesizer in my Monster Hunter. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah, this was definitely the track where I like set the controller down. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, this is this is this is what I want from this game from now right. on. Is that, this sound? And that was in the Rotten Vale, which yeah. is like this creepy, cavernous, gooey. And it's full of just yeah. decaying material yeah. and just where all these old, you know, basically just a pile of guts and bones mm-hmm. and where all the rotting monsters go to live. And it's where you f- eventually find one of the elder dragons who is basically like a giant rotting dragon. Right. Uh, Valhazak. It's good stuff. Uh, so yeah, we'll do savage of the ancient forest rulers of the wild spire and murmurs from the land forbidden.
Oh, it's so good. That synth, man. It really, I mean, I know we bring up. Uh, it ties the, the song together. Yeah, it really ties the song together. Uh, you just get the it, the synthesizer thing. It, it it adds this weird carpenter style, like creepy, weird, unearthly thing. Yeah. And it's so unexpected in Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. think that was the biggest thing is it took me aback because it's not uh, it's not usual for, for Monster Hunter. Yeah. But, um, something I always loved to uh you would have these big battles and this music would be playing but when the monster would run away uh that track would then get into a more subdued state as yeah. you're like you know chasing chasing after it and mm-hmm. i always really appreciate that too. yeah there's so yeah. many good audio tricks and technology going on in the game yeah absolutely to, like get you in and out of the music um really cool it's good stuff uh and then after january uh, we move ahead a little further into the year i guess to the middle of the year Mm. Uh, with Octopath Traveler. Yes, a game I haven't actually purchased and played through, but I did buy the soundtrack because everyone was telling me how awesome it was, and they were right. And then I bought another one for you when I was in Japan. Oh, yeah, uh, they released an an official arranged album called Break and Boost, which is pretty dope, too. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to find that. And then I was like, in Osaka and... Tower Records. Tower Records is still a thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, They're the best for a game. I mean... yeah, not only yeah. is it still a thing, it's just, oh, yeah, here's, like, 18 feet of game music. Yeah. What? <laughs> and it's still, to this day, you walk in, like, yeah, here's Chrono Trigger, every Final Fantasy, uh, tons of Dragon Quest, Zelda, and, oh, yeah, here's the here's a, here's your Octopath thing that you want. <laughs> there's, uh. there's, a, there's a great picture that uh, a friend of the show, Alex Anil from Brave Wave, took a picture of me, like... Uh, pulling out a Mother 2 CD from the, yeah. from the Tower Records shelf, and that's just... I, I look so inquisitively at it, like, yeah. like this is defining moment. <laughs> yeah. I almost bought that, but that is one of the vinyls I bought, and uh, I really enjoy chilling out to the sounds of Mother 2. It's good stuff. Um, um, so Octopath Traveler, Square, published by Square Enix, uh, developed by some of the people behind Bravely Default, I believe. I th- I imagine so. I, say I didn't so. follow the development of it super yeah. close, but so I haven't played Octopath beyond that first free demo that came out for it. But I just had to have the soundtrack. Um, yeah, the battle themes are top notch. Uh, the character, town, environment themes are so like beautifully done in this game. So kudos to uh, the composer uh, Yasunori Nishiki, who met, uh, has stated in like liner notes and otherwise that he grew up with you know, JRPGs and For JRPG sure. soundtracks and was so heavily influenced by them. And you, you can totally feel it. Like he, his style very, very much evokes not just Uematsu, but like, uh, Kenji Ito, the romancing saga mm. composer. It's like in uh, final fantasy legend and whatnot. It's just, uh, so rich and so, so beautifully done. So the tracks I picked out were, uh, battle one, um, which is, as you know, I mean, it's his it, 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 yeah, <laughs> JRPG is. battle theme. I don't want to say like by the books, but it's what you you would come to expect out of like a classic sprite based yeah RPG. Your for sure. your note for the third track is how I felt when I heard this song. Yeah. So uh, after after that, we've got among stately peaks. This was recommended to me by my friend uh, Stephen Hilger. So uh, kudos to you, man. Very peaceful, beautiful track. I imagine it plays in mountains. I mean, stately peaks, yeah. right? <laughs> Snowy mountains, I guess. Very, very beautifully done. But Decisive Battle 2 is the first track I ever heard from Octopath. My brother showed it to me. And first f- 15 seconds, I'm just like, yeah, they get it. Like, yeah. they totally know uh, th- this is, like, perfect 
JRPG boss big, theme big boss music. music. Um, and it, even the name is itself a throwback to FF6 at least. Right, right like Decisive Battle is such a common is, RPG yeah. title, but yeah, it's... I really, it, yeah. it is like you can't trademark those fra- that phrase because it's such a like decisive battle. It's just, <laughs> right, it's so generic. But right. you really it takes me back to FF six, and I'm like, if you're going to invoke that name, you better bring it. And it comes out that track starts out swinging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what blew me away listening to it the first time was like the amount of stuff that happens in that track before it even loops to the beginning is uh. astounding. Uh, there's a lot of sick drumming in there, and uh, just orchestra infused with piano and it's just like yes just uh capturing all those moments you want to hear in a boss theme great well we'll go into it that's yes. uh, battle one among stately peaks and decisive battle two from octopath traveler
Whew. God, Man, I'm sweating. <laughs> so good. Uh, uh, what blew, blows my mind about Decisive Battle 2 is like it go, you know, it 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 plays like the first minute and a half, and then it goes back into the uh, like beginning parts of the melody, and it's and you're like, oh, this is the loop, right? The loop. Nope, there's there's more. <laughs> yeah, I store. feel like uh, I I love when RPGs do that, and I feel like one of my favorite examples is Grandia 2, where there's a couple of battle themes where you're like, okay, so the, even just battle one, I yeah. think, is just oh, this this is the loop. Like, no, one instrument's going to change, and then also when you think it's going to loop, oh, here's this whole other like section a guitar of the song. solo or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's I'm good just stuff. like putting the controller down like i can't even finish the fight i have to know how long the song <laughs> yeah, goes yeah it's, so i don't know the context of decisive battle 2 in the game i'll yeah, play it someday uh my I backlog f- is insane yeah i played the demo and i thought i don't know if that song appears in the demo or not if you ever yeah, i don't think approach so. something that difficult mm-hmm. that would trigger that song right um but that first battle song yeah, it, it's just so much of the 80s and 90s, 16, 8 and 16 bit stuff was already really leaning on classic rock or prog rock and mm-hmm. then also some disco left over. <laughs> the disco and beats. then the disco beats in these are both <laughs> just like immediate. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, no, that's not dance music. That's just straight up disco, yeah. which is dance, but not capital D dance right, music. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, those are super fun. And here, also just. You still think of Switch as like, oh, it's this portable system. Mm-hmm. And in your mind, you still think Nintendo portable, oh, like DS, 3DS, Game Boy, mm-hmm. whatever. And to hear the richness, especially the middle song, uh, Stately Peaks. Yeah, among Stately Peaks. Uh, yeah. so it's a great coming to Netflix this fall, by the way. <laughs> uh, <is laughs> Netflix a, original. Among Stately Peaks. <laughs> uh, but uh, the richness of that, where it just sounds so... I, I assume these are samples and not like they got a full orchestra to go record that. Yeah, but, I believe it's samples. But yeah. it's so the samples are so high quality yep. and it sounds so convincing where I'm like, yeah, I, this is to play this kind of thing on a handheld. Uh, that's still I know you know it's not like PSP and Vita weren't couldn't also handle that, right? But it's still such a new novelty to me, being almost forty years old, <laughs> to the idea of a handheld can do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just man, to have that kind of experience anywhere is still a novelty to me. Right. Right. Uh, what we got next? Uh, we've got The Messenger. This I also played. Which I am still playing. This is a very Switch-heavy show, Pat. I mean, well, this is multi-platform, okay? <laughs> I guess it was. <laughs> just that, came out on PS4 recently. Yeah, yeah recently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In P, uh, PC, uh, it launched on PC alongside Switch. Yeah. Right. Because um, Switch is where I... I mean, I feel like most of us probably start... Well, that's where it started, so... Yeah. Right. Um, uh, this is a great one. So, upon first look, you're like, oh, so it's uh, Ninja Gaiden by an indie game company and mm. in many respects yes you got the wall climbing the main character does the messenger does look like ryu hayabusa a bit, a bit. and uh very much inspired but uh so many awesome twists in this game it starts off as this like 8-bit side-scrolling action game uh in line with ninja gaiden and then halfway through uh this is not spoilery because they reveal this in the trailer but they do poke fun in the game about like oh you must have not watched the trailer or something <laughs> um very there's fourth, a lot of meta humor a lot of meta humor a lot of fourth wall breaking and i but, feel like it does it in a way that's not eye rolly where you're like yeah i get it you've all played games before yeah it's just funny uh, it elicited so many chuckles at me it's yeah. legit um so halfway through, you're like, boom, you're thrust into a 16-bit world. And uh, from that point onward, the game turns into this Metroidvania-y exploration-based uh, action platformer where... And the whole visual style changes. Yes, the music and the music changes. changes. But then you'll find these time portals. So like Link to the Past style, you'll be warping back like to the 8-bit mm-hmm. version of the level to 16-bit instantaneously. And the way 
it like meshes that in with puzzles and platforming yeah. is so novel and awesome. It is a very clever game. Very clever. And I almost am mad at them how much they give you for the price they charge you. Yeah, uh, there's I, a lot. I, I actually wish this was two different games. <laughs> yeah. Because when I, when I got to the end of just the 8-bit part, I was like, man, this was so good. Yep. And I feel so fulfilled. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, okay. So there's like this extra, you know, maybe epilogue thing where I'm playing the 16-bit part. And right. then, oh. It's like, no, you got a whole other game <laughs> to oh, go. And, and dude, value for money, off the charts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to really, like, hammer home, as you'll hear in the music that we'll play, yeah, it's it goes, the music accompanies the, the 8-bit Ryu Haibusa Ninja Gaiden part, and it feels very Ninja NES Plus, right? Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, this is in the style of an NES, but it obviously is doing things an NES could not have accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you jump to the 16-bit, and instead of a, the obvious Super NES homage that you think it would do, right. it goes for Genesis, Mega yeah, Drive Mega style. Drives. because, and, and that was really interesting to me because, one, I've always trended more towards Super Nintendo than Genesis, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to music, but as this show... Showed last year for our October. There's <laughs> so much amazing Mega Drive Genesis music that it, would, even though it's easy to misuse the blah blah blah, we spent a whole month talking about yeah. that. I just don't see that kind of homage done very often. Where hey, we're actually going to pay tribute to the Genesis style music. Yeah, it's usually like oh, eight bit fawn fawn fawn. I'm one of those people. Yeah, and then maybe you get uh, like a, a, a Super NES 16 bit RPG homage, but mm-hmm. not Genesis action game. Yeah, like it, I, I thought that was really it was very fresh, refreshing. Yeah, I should say. And uh, so Messenger was composed by, and this was a surprise to me when it was announced. Uh, Rainbow Dragon Eyes, who uh, before this he's a uh, known as an extreme chiptune dance metal artist. I wholeheartedly recommend everyone to look up his uh, MAGFest 13 performance on YouTube at the Chip Space. Uh, it's a very highly entertaining show that he puts on. Uh, imagine just this one guy with his chiptunes and growling vocals uh, while wearing like Scandinavian black metal corpse paint and presenting himself like a Scandinavian death metal frontman. Wow. It's hilarious and awesome and fun. And uh, that MAGFest video I'm referring to, he has this epic Star Trek The Next Generation theme remix um, that he leads the show with. It's, it's uh, pretty incredible. Jerry Goldsmith, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite wonderful. So uh, interestingly, the 8-bit side of the music was composed on Famitracker, which ah. Jake Kaufman also used for Shovel Knight. So mm. uh, I guess you would think it's... Uh, to compare it, it would be like Akuma Joe Densetsu style, so like VRC6. Right. Uh, whereas the 16-bit soundtrack, the Mega Drive sounding stuff, was composed with a software called uh, Defla Mask. I probably butchered that. But um, yeah, it's really awesome to be able to hear how like just going through that time portal and just in- instantly, not only the graphics, yeah. but the music change, like yep. with no you know cuts, no loading or anything yeah. like that. Is, just that, how perfect the, is that how the soundtrack the soundtrack yep. files are done? Okay, uh, Well, uh, I, I assume so. But, like, uh, yeah, I, I imagine they must have been running both at the same time concurrently and just muted one. Well, I mean, like, for purposes but, of editing this show. Oh. <laughs> so, no, like to, to, to make Brett's life uh, okay. way too difficult. I get it. I um, get it. I, I did want to, you know, show off both the 8-bit and 16-bit no, for the three tracks. It's the correct way to do it. Now, so so we're going to go from the 8-bit to the 16-bit for the first two songs. But then for the third one, I'm going to go 16-bit to 8-bit because that's the order you hear those in the game. Oh, my God. Uh, just to make Brett's life no. <laughs> never living hell. But, the show will eventually go up. Uh, but, yeah, really, really well done. 
Um, the music maybe didn't hit me at first, but I, I didn't even reach the halfway point. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And uh, please take my money on Bandcamp right now. So, mm. uh, so I picked out um, uh, for the first track, and they have different titles between the 8-bit and 16-bit. We have Into the Depths, Catacombs, which goes into Return to the Depths, Catacombs. Then we have Bamboo Boogaloo, which is the Bamboo Creek level music, uh, followed by Bamboo Boogaloo 2. And then finally, uh, we have Civilization in the Sky going into A Home Amongst the Clouds, and that's the Cloud Ruins uh, level. Um, Awesome stuff. Uh, Wholeheartedly recommend Messenger. Greatest shopkeeper to ever grace a video game, if you Mm. ask me. Uh, There are a lot of great, uh, humorous conversations with that shopkeeper and yeah, he's fun. deep convos too. Not just funny stuff, but stuff about like what it means to be happy and how we all yeah. live in our own bubbles and things like that. It's it, for 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 that to be in a game like this is just like what? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, even the shopkeeper's music is pretty good. Oh, it's good. It's yeah, good yeah. stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll go into those three and come back.
Yeah, I love, like we talked about, I love how they adapt both the same song for both eras. Yeah. Um, and the, the NES stuff is totally Tim Fallen. Yeah, uh, I didn't even realize it until you said it. I'm like, duh. Yeah, all those, all those telltale signs of... Oh, like the, yeah. the oh, oh the was this game made in the West? Then it sounds like this. Because uh, no Japanese game sounded like that. Right. Uh, that I ever came across. But it was always like you'd go rent a game and come home and be like, why does this one seem so different than yeah. all the other games I play? <laughs> oh, because it was made in the UK probably. Right. Um, and I, I realized with the Mega Drive stuff, it's very uh, the drums and the bass are really what get me. It's like, For sure. It's really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, even very rich. things like... Game where games appear on both platforms, the Super NES one can be better in some ways, but the the Ninja Turtles episode we play, like the Hyperstone Heist stuff, yeah, there's just the extra percussion and kick and impact yeah, that, that, that stuff overdrive, has. the blast process. It's, it is. It really. It is. You know, they were right all along. It really is the blast processing. Yeah. Um, speaking of homages to older games, <laughs> another Capcom one. Yeah. Uh, Mega Man Eleven. It, it, ha- finally, it finally happened. It finally happened. Uh, and. We did uh, a Rocktober, uh, Rockmantober back in 2015 covering right. Mega Man 1 through 10. Mm-hmm. So moving on into 11, uh, which I finished on Switch and PS4. Same, actually. Uh, yeah, because it was like <laughs> flying so much last year, playing and then it was superhero mode, doing that challenge yeah. mode on PlayStation to get the trophy. And then <laughs> the one where I'm like, oh, well, if I don't, there's no trophies attached to it, I can play at my leisure. I'll just do the, the normal playthrough on, on my Switch. Right, right. And uh, so Mega Man 11 was composed by uh, Marika Suzuki, who, and she worked previously on Dead Rising, Mega Man Star Force 2, and some of the Monster Hunter games like uh, 3 Ultimate, mm. 4 Ultimate uh, stories. Um, so initially, people I noticed people online had some like mixed opinions about the soundtrack, but um, I noticed that all of that went away after a while, and it's really something that... Uh, you the more you listen to the more you really really appreciate sure. all the melodies and everything yeah. and i think uh, i think what happened was uh people were so used to 9 and 10's uh 8 bit styles cuz it was harp harpening harkening uh back to uh to that uh 8 bit era of mega man yeah. uh, so that you know to go from that to like you know uh, Skipping two generations, yeah, modern synthesizer yeah. and that sort even of thing. Pre yeah. that, it's Mega Man Eight, which has such a distinct, like mid '90s dancey soundtrack. Exactly, and yeah. then even Seven is not like any of the others either. So right. it's like this was a blank slate to create a new sound. Exactly, and it's very electronic focused, uh, modern, I would say. Um, but I listened so much to this music so much in the office in the weeks before launch that. Uh, I really developed a deep, deep love and appreciation for it. It really grows on you. Um, instrumentation might get some, might take some getting used to, only because you know we had nine and ten to go by for a long time. Yeah. But I, I, I remember even when ten came out, uh, it took me a bit to get really get into those Same, melodies. Same for sure. Um, but uh, I, I dig this one so much. And uh, on top of that. Uh, the CD or the soundtrack, re- the official soundtrack release for Eleven has a second disc full of arranged tunes on it from other composers, which mm. is also really well done and kind of showcases how strong those melodies are. But right. uh, for this show, I picked uh, Impact Man Stage, Acid Man Stage, and Challenges. And I picked Challenges primarily because I know a friend of the show, Tim Turi, really loves that track. That's probably his number one. 
It's and good. It's super, super catchy. We used it in a trailer, didn't we? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So much so that it probably looped two or three times in that trailer, <laughs> I think, because it's so damn good. Um, but yeah, um, what can I say about these other than like Impact Man carries that like that fun uh, like danciness of Mega Man music. Mm-hmm. Acid Man is complete something completely different yeah that's an Um, interesting one and i picked that because i was so taken aback by it but it very much evokes the name of the stage acid man like you you listen to it and it's like oh yeah it's all these like it's like i'm I'm in some kind of like weird chemical factory Mm. all these like little like bloops and drips and things like Mm. that uh is it finally literally a bleeps and bloops the song it's it's more it's more bloops not so much bleeps (laughs) but it's not Chiptune bloops, right. it, 8-bit bloops, it's liquid bloops. W- liquid bloops. That's <laughs> that is the best way I could uh, I could uh, describe that for sure. And then challenges, uh, just a good, just a high energy, motivate, go go go, yeah, go, like, go, go like, do better, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, again, impact man stage, acid man stage, and challenges.
perfect high energy Mega Man music yep. all the way through. And even Acid Man that's interesting when it starts, like almost this experimental like yeah. what 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 can we do with this sound mm-hmm. to convey chemical plants? Right. Uh that's not Sonic <laughs> Chemical Plant Zone. <laughs> exactly. Uh yeah. and then it kind of bumps back into a little more upbeat yeah. <laughs> borderline EDM. And, uh, but then the outro interestingly has this like airy EDMness about it that, that yeah. I thought was pretty cool. And it, it's it's yeah. interesting because after I, you know, having beat it twice, I couldn't really think of any songs that stuck with me where I could hum them off top of my head. Mm-hmm. That's only because the NES ones we played dozens of times, if not hundreds of times. Who, knows, that, who even knows how many times? And that's how they got embedded. And that's how they yeah. get embedded in our heads. But yeah. as soon as I heard all of it, like, oh yeah, I remember this. As soon yeah. as it starts, it's like it all comes back. And um, then Impact, Impact Man, even that being taking place in like a construction mm-hmm. yard sort of area, you hear like those clinks and things like that in the drums. Which, yeah, uh, it's a good. Uh, uh, they really home in on the you know, environments that they're representing. It's a nice touch. Yeah, and then challenges is just straight up like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this is all on uh, Spotify and Steam. Yep, uh, tons of Capcom stuff showed up on Spotify, by the way. So uh, uh, yes, uh, so <laughs> there's a bunch. So get in on that. Some of it may be in Japanese. So uh, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to find Street Fighter, just learn the katakana way to spell. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, there's tons there from Mega Man, Monster Hunter, Devil May Cry, yeah. Breath of uh, Fire, Breath of Fire, one, two, and three. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Uh, moving beyond October 2018. Is also October 2018. Uh, Almost had it. uh, Around the same time, Deltarune Chapter 1 dropped which uh, uh, for free on PC out of nowhere. Toby Fox is like, here you go. Uh, This is like some sort of like prequel to or uh, predecessor to the upcoming Undertale sequel. Wow. Um, It's an anagram for Undertale. Yeah. And I have to say, even though this is like a four-hour... precursor i never finished (laughs) um it did come out on switch recently yeah i need to get that free download and i am uh i downloaded it still haven't booted it up because i loved undertale and the soundtrack also on spotify yes uh is incredible it is and it was our album of the year 2015 so uh i have nothing but high hopes for both this and undertale Mm -hmm. sequel yeah and so uh deltarune as a game is interesting because it expands on undertale's uh turn-based battle system how it incorporates like these shmup like dodge things uh like twitch sort of gameplay um but now you have three characters as opposed to the one and there's this interesting dynamic of uh where the first two characters are all like you know what you'd expect out of jrpg heroes but the third your third character is this hot-headed teammate that is hell-bent on hurting the enemies whereas should you decide to be a pacifist in the game, as with Undertale, mm-hmm. you basically have to warn the enemies <laughs> on your turn that, hey, uh, she's about to hit you or whatever, and that's how uh, you're able to save them and wow. and try to end the battle through other means. So, and so yeah, uh, very very usual style of Undertale humor that you'd come to expect, and then musically. All of this still composed by Toby Fox as before, insane. Uh, which very insane. Uh, um, so even though I haven't gotten far, uh, Rude Buster is the battle theme, and it's the super jazzy AF battle theme, as I say in the notes. Yep. Um, but uh, very well done. And then the other two I picked out here were just based on uh, feedback I've seen online. Uh, Field of Hopes and Dreams and uh, The World Revolving. Where those take place, I can't cannot tell you, but uh, having listened to them, all very evocative of that Undertale 
feeling. Yeah, it's just, man, some of those songs with Undertale, when they play and how how it relates to the story, it's yeah. just the full-on anime, like, the power of friendship will solve yeah. everything. It's so good. And uh, very Earthboundy, of course, because yes. that's one of the primary influences there. All I can say is, like, I have a feeling the soundtrack... I'm trying not to spoil myself with later songs in the soundtrack, but uh, I can see it being very chill-inducing as with uh, Undertale before it. So, uh, again, we've got Rude Buster, the battle theme, Field of Hopes and Dreams, and The World Revolving.
again, still lots of like great influences yeah. or, or perceptible influences from prior games. But then, yeah. yeah, spun in this Undertale Deltarune way where it's both nostalgic but completely fresh. Yeah. And literally just listening to those makes me want to play the game. Uh, yeah, it's super good. World Revolving had a pan flute, too, that was... Basically, Minish Cap pan flute. Yeah, right Minish there. Cap, and it's then uh, it kind of reminds me of Spirit Tracks a little because yeah. Spirit Tracks is that's your magical instrument that you blow into in the DS. That's right. It yeah. doesn't work super great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what a great game. Yeah. So I will I will play you and I will finish you mm. you four hour demo to the full Delta Rune experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next up we've got Tetris Effect, which. Is also game of the year level stuff for me. It is the perfect chill out game. I know some might be scratching their head and like Tetris, yeah, twenty eighteen Tetris, but like really, it's, uh, not, it's only one of two amazing Tetris games. I know, right? Uh, we got Tetris ninety nine recently too, but Tetris Effect for me is like such a perfect chill out game. Uh, it was produced by uh, Mizoguchi, the uh, mm. uh, the Res creator and Child of Eden as well, I believe, and. Um, all I can say is just like, I don't know, it's, it's a heaven, it's a, I'm almost like, you know, I've got no words because I'm, well, it's just like a Nirvana level thing where it you is. just like chill out and zone out and it's just this kind of like first time everyone was playing Luminous the first right. time where you just truly zone out with all these bright colors and mm-hmm. uh, this amazing music that's really just, yeah, it's really hard to put in words. The it's, it's like a wave over you. Just, yeah. just me chilling on, on my beanbag. With 4K display, I'm not even playing VR, but just like Tetris Effect on. If I, I if I just need to tune out and and just be absorbed in like this spacey mm-hmm. uh, beauty, uh, Tetris Effect is there and ultimate chill out game for me. Even during the intense moments where like the music may speed up and like the blocks may may come down super fast, uh, still such a great. Uh, yeah, it's just like it's truly uh, an, an experience. Exp- it is an experience, um, yeah. which people were even saying like this is game of the year level. Yeah, like what what it how it takes this thing and makes you feel about it. This old idea of oh Tetris, yeah. yes, I'm familiar, right? Uh, and then makes you actually really emotional about it. Yes, is is is, is itself. Uh, yeah, give it game of the year. What do I care? Yeah, like, it's, it's, <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, yeah. It's good stuff. Um, but you picked one, uh, just Stand kind of up. like the song, right? The song. And it was uh, used to introduce the game in the uh, reveal trailer. Uh, music was largely composed by Hydelic, who actually performed at GDC. I oh, saw wow. him spinning these tunes at Yerba Buena Gardens <laughs> outside during GDC, awesome. which was really awesome. Uh, the song is called Connected, Yours Forever. This is the radio edit version. So. There was a sampler that came as a pre-order bonus for Tetris Effect, but the full soundtrack hasn't been uh, released yet because they need to like get all the stems mm. because it's such a dynamic score as right. you play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're you know as you're flipping the the tetraminos is that the sure. name for them <laughs> the Tetris blocks um, the the instrument is tied to that mm. rotation. It's, it's a hard thing to capture and like here's the MP3. E- exactly. Uh, so yeah. so it will take time for the full soundtrack. But uh Connected is just beautiful, has vocals surprisingly. Uh vocals in my Tetris. Yeah. Again, it takes back to playing Luminous and yeah. just hearing just being able to zone out and just clear blocks with yeah. chill beats, lyrics. And great. that's what I want people to do, just zone out, listen to this.
So yeah, I hope everyone's feeling relaxed and peaceful. It's and how I want to feel to kick off a new m- year. Moved by Kate Brady's voice. Uh, the energy I need to tackle a new year. I'm, I'm yours forever. Um, speaking of chilling out and really zoning out with a game, <laughs> uh, your next one up, Greece. Yes. Unfortunately, how it translates in English. If, uh, oh, yeah. It just sounds like Greece, but <laughs> yeah, it's, not, uh, gr- it's not Gris or Gris. Or... Gris, Gris is the one that I want. Ooh, you're the one I want. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, um, that's the one. <laughs> Precious time. Gris means gray in Spanish. Uh, I played it at PAX West. West. Yeah. Uh, where they were showing it off, I and it, it was in the morning, right before my booth shift. I put the headphones on the Devolver Digital booth, and I play it, and I, I got tears in my eyes. I'm not gonna lie, like I got very emotional playing that demo. It's just such a beautiful mesh, like an, a very abstract, beautiful game from beginning to end. Pretty much one of the most visually gorgeous 2D games I think I've ever played. Uh, definitely in recent memory. Um, yeah. I got it and picked it up in January 2019. And yeah, it's it's one of those exactly what I wanted. I, I just finished the next game, I think, in the list. Or no, I'd finished something that took me a long time to get to the end of. I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, by the time I did it, I was like, I just want to chill out and yeah. play something where I st- I'm still making progress and moving, but it's not taxing me. Right. And this was like playing a watercolor painting. Yes. That... As it, yeah, your character starts and it's very colorful and, and you know animated and beautiful, and then she loses her voice and loses all this confidence, and mm-hmm. the world goes gray. Right. And then as the color starts to come back, it just gets prettier and prettier and more and more striking. And then some really cool boss battles where you can't actually die or yeah, lose. There's no game over yet. But there's still a sense of like I need to get better so I can get past this. Right. And some light puzzle solving. It, mm-hmm. It's just such a, a treat to play. And yes. I, I really enjoyed it. And it, like four hours. Yeah. Like, and maybe, I appreciated the brevity yeah, of it too. It, and it's like, but it, never once was I like, I'm basically done with this. Can this just wrap up? By the time I was almost there, it was done. Yeah. And I'm like, great. That's 20 bucks. I'm in. Mm-hmm. And uh, the music and the ties into the visuals so damn well. Yeah. Um, so we've got, Three on that one, the Gris Part One, um, Perseverance, which this is, this starts early on, where like there's this desert-like area where um, the music is very calm, mm. and then this like Swain's gi- sun giant like sandstorm kicks in, and like this really cool like Castlevania organ like triplet arpeggio. The Darude song, I know. <laughs> Darn it, <Yeah. laughs> ruined everything. Um, uh, yeah, the, the organ accompanies the sandstorm part, and it's so intense and, yeah. and crazy. Uh, that's and a cool part. Unlike the Der- Derude. Um, yeah, I, I had the first two albums. I, yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't complain. And uh, we'll close off Greece with Unagi, uh, where you are chased by a giant Unagi. And it's a cool moment. It's very very intense. Uh, I, I listened to this track a lot after uh, finishing the game. Uh, chills up my spine, that, that sort of uh, feeling. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. really nice, yeah. The brevity and uh, just w- very well done. Yeah, there's just uh, there's so many moments where I'm just like, I'm moved by the simple like sheer beauty of it all. Yeah, and just yeah. even like random objects in the environment, how like some things peel away and yeah. come back, and it's just, like this is just such a random like Nintendo level touches that I would expect these little tweaks that make you go, that's really cool. And they didn't have to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, very well done. Um, so shout outs to the, uh, the group Berlinist who mm. composed the soundtrack for this uh, incredible game.
chills though. Really good. Yeah, it just it's just building the sense that something's after you, and then to be chased by it while this is this music's building and building. Yeah. Um, and that just sounds. It goes from super creepy and chill to this could be a movie trailer <laughs> with the, some voice narrating it like this is our last chance. Yeah. If we don't make it here, everything we did for nothing. <laughs> All, the, <laughs> yeah, the choir uh, and stuff. It's uh, really good, and, and the game, game just seems so. You're just like, what is this? Some like indie 2D thing, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of emotion packed in there. And very much, so. yeah, very good, good stuff. Uh, and finally, uh, wrapping up the show. What had I played this prior to giving Bloodstained Curse of the Moon out of the year, <laughs> I would have actually probably have given that award to Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom, uh, multi-platform release, but an insane composer lineup. Yes, uh, with like, y- Yuzo Koshiro, Motoi Sakuraba, Michiro Yamane. Keiki Kobayashi and Takeshi Yanagawa. Yeah. Uh, all of them. I think five of them I know immediately, and then a mm-hmm. couple I was like, I had to look up, and then I'm like, oh, yeah. still very accomplished people. <laughs> it's like you got the Streets of Rage and Actraiser and the East Combats and your Symphony of the Nights and Bloodlines. And, and East. And, like, and Golden Suns and Mario Power Tennis. <laughs> it's just it's just insane. And yeah. the game itself is a, is a play on the whole Wonder Boy and Monster World thing, and there's a couple of you know musical throwbacks and gameplay throwbacks yeah. even. This was... Occasionally frustrating game, uh, <laughs> just because it's very, it's hard, but it, it, there's a lot of checkpoints, and it's very good about not like wasting your time and hey, mm. do it all over because this is an old game, right? It's very good with fast travel and all that, but there's just some difficult moments where I was like getting frustrated, but mm. no more than any other game like this that I yeah. play. Can't but wait to play it. The music is outrageously good. Yep. Where I, I, I chose four songs because I don't care, <laughs> and because I was gonna make. I'll let you have it. <laughs> this was gonna be my game of the my soundtrack of the year, but uh, I had to select uh, just four. Mm-hmm. And uh, the game itself very fun. You start out as a boy, but then you turn into a pig but mm-hmm. then you get the gain the ability over time to become all these different animals and of course they all have different abilities and you go all over this giant map and each of them symphony of the night style has this very distinct theme in mm. each zone and the ones i want to play here are the falls which is just jazz fusion let's go crystal caves which i keep getting a like uh like cream or heart style <laughs> instrumental and i'm probably Ooh. totally off base for that mm. uh and i'm probably totally off for that uh, Forest, Misty Woods, which I think was one of your suggestions. Uh, yeah, that was my suggestion. Uh, having not played the game, I did listen to the music. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for an official soundtrack release. It's for super this. good. Uh, it took them like two years to make this soundtrack, too. Apparently. Oh, did it? I don't yep. doubt it. Like the it's number of people insane. involved. And, yep. and then close that out with Castle Prison, which uh, I, I it, this song kind of flew under the radar for me at first. Mm-hmm. And then upon subsequent listens, I was like, wait a minute. This is really cool. It's mm. like a, basically a getaway song, like a chase song or right, something. Right. Um, but every song in this scheme is pretty cre- incredible. So uh, we'll go into those four songs. Uh, the Falls, Crystal Caves, uh, Misty Woods, and Castle Prison from Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom.
Yeah, Pat, I can't wait till you can play that. Cause, uh, uh, yeah, I I loved all of that. <laughs> <laughs> We're running into some technical difficulties. But, yeah, no, uh, but cool. no, uh, this the soundtrack was definitely we recorded our album of the year and then like literally the next week I started playing this and was like oh, well oh, frankly oh. it gets a 10 out of 10 just for having a trophy or achievement called Breath of Fire when you unlock the dragon yeah, form yeah the dragon so, form uh, good stuff there uh, great but homage yeah, <laughs> really enjoyed playing this yeah. and the soundtrack was just oh, practically can't be beat Man, um, I have so many games on my eShop wish list but yeah. uh, so there were a lot of uh, soundtracks that I feel deserve quick honorable mentions in 2018. Battle Princess Madeline, Chasm, Dragon Quest XI, God of War, Just Shapes and Beats, Mega Man X Legacy Collection, Nino Kuni mm. 2, Red, Red Dead Redemption 2, Runner 3, Sea of Thieves, Spyro Reignited Trilogy, Super mm. Smash Bros. Ultimate, Valkyria Chronicles 4, and Wizard of Legend. Uh, they couldn't make it in yeah. because of cons- time constraints and whatnot. And all that. Uh, but 2019 has a whole slew of stuff I'm really excited about, and I'm going to rattle it off oh, real quick. Please, Technically, please quickly. Uh, Ace Combat 7. Animal Crossing on Switch, Blaster Master Zero Two, Bloodstain R- Ritual of the Night, Control Cyber Shadow, DMC Five, Dragon Mark for Death, Katana Zero, Kingdom Hearts Three, Monster Hunter World, Iceborne, Mortal Kombat Eleven, Samurai Showdown, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sayonara Wild Hearts. I'm super stoked for uh, Sekiro, Shenmue Three, Shovel Knight, King of Cards, Streets of Rage Four, and East Nine Monstrum Nux. East Nine, I'm calling it. We're only we're, <laughs> we're only four months in, in yeah, at the time yeah, of this yeah. recording, and all, some of those came out already, and I'm just blown away. Yeah. Uh, next re- 2019 year in review is going to be a it's gonna be beefy, tough. yeah, yeah meaty yeah. one, just like this one. Um, so. Yeah. But yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Sorry for the like super abridged outro, <laughs> but we're running into some trouble here. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much for listening. VGEmpire.com is where you can follow along with the show. Taking us out is the title screen to Monster Boy, just because it is such a great upbeat way to end the uh, you know in the year slash begin the year. Mm. And there were just so many songs from the soundtrack that I loved. Uh, but yeah, VG Empire on Twitter, VGEmpire.com. Uh, Pat, follow you on Twitter at Patrick Kul. Absolutely. And uh, we will be doing more episodes all year. So uh, thanks again for listening and stay tuned. And please comment. Read every comment you post. Uh, Thanks again. VG Empire will return.